This week on Moms Moving On. Most people who are struggling through divorce, it's a single divorce. I do not know another person in my personal life who's been married and divorced three times. And it's such a shocker to people. It was definitely a point of shame and embarrassment for me. And I decided I'm going to change that story around and use it to my advantage. So here I am. First, it felt like I was doing him a favor, right? I'm giving him the information, I'm spoon feeding him. But what it really did was give me a gigantic gift of letting this weight off my shoulders. So I'm not walking around constantly frustrated with him for doing something that, you know, I I cannot change his behavior at the end of the day, but I can change how I'm reacting to it. And that makes me feel a whole lot better. Well, that's that's precisely it. And that's what I'm always Mm -hmm. preaching. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Thanks for joining us. We're back with another Moms Moving On. I am your host, Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, and I'm so excited to introduce you to this fabulous lady today. She is an author and also a coach. She doesn't just coach women in all aspects of their lives. She focuses on helping women in their new beginnings. If they're moving on from divorce, maybe it's becoming empty nesters, or maybe they are grieving a loss. Whatever it is, Shauna Lee is the woman you want to connect with to help you with your new beginning. Shauna, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad we connected. Shauna and I have been trying to get this date to record in the books for a while now because life happens and schedules are crazy, but I'm excited this is finally coming to fruition. I just received Shauna's book in the mail and I can't, I get, people send me books every day. This one is so beautiful. It's not just, you know, a good read. It's so nice to look at. You did such a good job with this, Shauna. Thank you so much. Yes. I, I often tell people it's the prettiest divorce book you'll ever read. Well, I, I have to, I tend to agree with that. So give us like the Shauna Lee intro. Give us, give us a little insight into who you are and how you got to this place. Helping Perfect. Um, well, I, I spent 20 years in corporate America juggling um, multiple marriages, raising children, both in co-parenting blended families, as well as on my own as a single mom. Suddenly at, you know, mid forties, I found myself divorced for the third time. Yet again, stepping into single momhood. Uh, coincidentally, I had lost two jobs within the course of a calendar year. So I was dealing with quite a bit of loss within just a couple years time frame and decided, if not now, when? Mm-hmm. And thought I would take all of that heartbreak and loss and experience and wisdom and try to help the world be a better place. So here I am. I wrote my book. Um, It's actually the third book I wrote, um, but the first that I've published, I really felt called to help women through this phase of life after divorce when you're trying to figure out what you're, you know, you're picking your life up from shambles, it feels like, and how the heck do I put one step forward, much less plan the next five years. Um, And so that was the intent of the book. I love it. And I really appreciate and admire and can relate to the notion of taking your pain and turning it into purpose. I think if there's 
there's one thing women do so well, it's helping others through what they've already been through. And that's what essentially forms this community that we need when we're going through times like divorce, because feeling alone is the worst at the beginning of a divorce. Absolutely. And I think um, when it came specifically time for me to write a book in my 40s, I had all of the same imposter syndrome thoughts that come up for everybody who am I to write, who am I to share a story. Um, But what really kind of catapulted me into taking a step into the light, so to speak, was how valuable it has been for me to see examples of other women specifically doing what I wanted to do. And so, you know, a light bulb went off one day and I thought, holy crap, I can be that example. Um, Most people who are struggling through divorce, it's a single divorce. I do not know another person in my personal life who's been married and divorced three times. And it's such a shocker to people. It was definitely a point of shame and embarrassment for me. And I decided I'm going to change that story around and use it to my advantage. So here I am. I think that's great. Do you have children from all of your exes? So um, first marriage was my, I call them my bigs, my older daughters, they're 24 and 26. Second marriage, we, um, his and hers, he had children. I had children. We did not have children together. Um, third marriage is my little, so my son and my daughter who are 11 and seven. Amazing. Yeah. So you co-parented with the big's father. Obviously yes. that, that season has now ended because they're big kids. Yes. Um, that was my example of how not to do it well. We <laughs> co-parented very poorly together. So I learned a lot of lessons from the experience of, um, you know, how bad it can be. And then I just very, very specifically and very intentionally set out this third time, not wanting to be divorced. I would have been very much like Ross Geller on Friends, avoiding a third marriage just for the sake of not being divorced a third time. So when I found myself again, faced with divorce and this time one that I did not want, I decided I'm going to do it right this time. And by right, I mean the best way for my children to coexist in two homes together with both parents who get along. So not always easy, but yes, we are co-parenting very, very well. I love to hear that. Obviously co-parenting well is the best way you can handle things after a divorce. Uh, especially for the children and also, frankly, your own peace of mind. But like you said, from your first marriage, you don't always know how to handle co-parenting well. Like what does good co-parenting look like? And I'm excited we're having this conversation today, Shauna, because there is this notion and I see it on social media and I see it written in articles and the way celebrities present themselves that you have to be best friends with your ex in order to be good co-parents. I like to challenge that. And seems you do too. You said something to me when you first reached out that really resonated with me, which was you don't have to like your ex to co-parent well. And I love that because, you know, it's, it's sort of unfair to place this expectation on someone who either is heartbroken and devastated by someone or couldn't wait to get away from this person. And now you're like, yay, be best friends to co-parent. Well, I, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, no. Um, I, I would not say that he and I are friends. Um, there's definitely, so we're, we're five years in at this point. So the, the mood and the environment is quite different than it used to be. So there are times when, yes, we can hang out and have a drink after a kid's event together and 
my, I have a friend who told me one time, you guys are the weirdest divorce people I know. And I thought, well, all right, if that's the measure of success, I'll take it. I'll, I'll be the weirdest one, you know. Um, but he and I are not hanging out on the weekends together, just the two of, I, two of us. You know, we're not calling each other as confidants. Um, but we do have the ability to have a conversation that is not based in emotion when it comes to our children. Um, he and I, I would say, still do not agree on anything. We never have and likely never will. But we found a way to just work well together and, um, you know, let the little stuff go. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't think you have to necessarily be the best of friends, nor do you have to even really like them very much because it's not what it's about. It's about being able to get along and um, create the best environment for your children. Right. And sometimes it's not even about getting along. It's about, you know, agreeing to disagree or finding some sort of common ground within your children to be able to charge forth as parents, you know, in, in two separate homes, taking care of the kids that you both love. Can you give us an example of like, because I'm always talking about picking your battles and you don't have to step into the ring every time your ex yes. wants to box. What yes. can you give us an example of the little things you let go and, and what constitutes a fight in your eyes when it comes to co-parenting? Yeah, in fact, that's um, one of the things I created an online course specific to co-parenting and that's one of the things I address. Um, so I actually recommend and I do let go of a lot. So not just the little stuff, but one of my top recommendations is usually pick three to five things that you know really do not matter that are getting under your skin and bugging you on a regular basis. And then just make a decision that you're never talking about those again. And so that was an easy way for me to kind of tiptoe into this idea of letting stuff go and letting it roll off my back. And so I sort of turned it into a little bit of a game. So um, you asked for an example, my little father does not read emails from school. Never has probably never will. Girlfriend, I can relate. And it used to drive me bonkers. I would be like, dude, you're in the dark and you could just read the email and you would know. And then finally, just one day I was like, you know what? He's never going to read the emails. Let's just accept it and move on and quit being bothered by it. And so it, it does two things. One, obviously it keeps me from being frustrated with him, but it gave me such a, um, it lightened my load, right? So I'm no longer being frustrated by something that really is inconsequential. Um, and then it sort of shifted over the years. So when he would say, oh gosh, what, what day is the bloody blah thing that was in the darn email that he would have known the answer had he read the email? <laughs> I was just like, you know what? Dude's consistent. All right. Still didn't read the email. Okay. And so I just learned to not expect him to have read the email and I will just give him information as he needs it that pertains to him on his days with the children. I'm so glad you do that. And I'll tell you why I do the same thing. And Ultimately, people and their opinions would lead towards, why do you even help him out? He should be checking the email and it's yeah. not your job. And my reaction to that is always, you know what? If I don't give him the information, my child goes to school with the wrong shirt. She Correct. shows up for the, for the, uh, the yes. show at the wrong time. She, yes. My child suffers. And you know what? It's not that hard for me. I was a nagging ex-wife anyway when we were together. I was a nagging wife. It's not that hard for me to say, the email came and she has to be dropped off at three o'clock, you know? So yes. I, I totally, yes. I love this experience, uh, this example. I think it's perfect. Yeah. It, uh, it was just, um, 
not an easy one, but it was amazing to me how that was just a tiny little thing that at first it felt like I was doing him a favor, right? I'm giving him the information, I'm spoon feeding him. But what it really did was give me a gigantic gift of letting this weight off my shoulders. So I'm not walking around constantly frustrated with him for doing something that, you know, I I cannot change his behavior at the end of the day, but I can change how I'm reacting to it. And that makes me feel a whole lot better. Well, that's, that's precisely it. And that's what I'm always Mm -hmm. preaching. If you, you know, you couldn't get this person to change in your marriage. There's no way you're going to get them to change after your marriage. So you have to change yourself and how you show up. Um, I, I give the same advice for me. It's, Focus on the three things that are your non-negotiables and let everything else go. And they can be as silly as, you know, it drives me nuts that my daughter, like he doesn't, my daughter has curly hair and he'll never say, here, let's put some leave-in conditioner and brush out your knots because he's a dad, right? And also she shrieks like a banshee when I brush her hair. Yes. Makes me crazy. And I was like, you know what? This is not her life or death situation. Eventually she's going to grow up and want to brush her own hair. So she doesn't look like a woolly mammoth. And, and, you know, let's focus on, you know, health and safety, I guess at this point. And, and it's, it is very freeing to say, screw it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And you had asked me for an example and I was like, do I tell the email example or do I tell the hair example? Because we, we don't have the curly hair to contend with, but the screaming like a banshee and not brushing her own hair, like totally can relate to all that. And so she would go to school with, you know, messy, crazy hair. And I just decided one day that I was not going to pay attention to it. And she'd come home in mismatched clothes. He cannot match clothes to save his life. Mm-hmm. And so she would come back looking kind of like a hot mess. And I was just like, you know what? This doesn't reflect on me at all. This says, oh, she was at dad's house today and everybody moves on with their day. Right. Right. It's funny how, you know, Bella's teachers, because I I separated when she was two in the very beginning, um, she had an assistant teacher in her classroom who would keep extra scrunchy uh, hair ties on her wrist because she knew when she took one look at Bella, whose house she came from and would always just throw her hair up if she came from dad's. And it was, it was so nice. And something I'll always remember. Yes. The tiny little things. The tiny things. So it sounds like, I mean, thank God for your experience in your first marriage with the first co-parenting right. um, experience. What What are some of the lessons you learned there aside from picking your battles? Like who would have thought that I would one day say, thanks so much for that terrible experience, but here we are. <laughs> but that's the perspective um, to have. So I think... If I had to take the biggest takeaway, um, it really was this idea that I wanted. So we did so much, so many things poorly. Um, But one of the things that I probably hold the most regret over is how we handled kid events when we were both in attendance. And I just, I look back now and I was so consumed with like, my worries of judgment on what he was doing or who he was bringing. And I, like, I had all this emotional fretting about all this stuff. And had I just been able to say like, how can I make this a great experience for my kids? It's already awkward for them to have both sets of parents. If there's boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever, like co-mingling with each other, I didn't need to make that worse by bringing all my emotional just crap into it. Um, so I think that was the biggest lesson for me because there's, there's scheduling, there's, you know, being flexible and letting things go. That's all kind of um, 
sideline stuff for me, but the, the specific, we are going to do kid events together. They're not going to have to choose which parent is coming. Um, we do birthday parties together. Um, my most recent ex, he sat down to Christmas dinner with us last year. Like we just do things together so that my kids don't have to choose. And that's probably the biggest lesson that I brought from that whole terrible situation was just, I don't want them to ever have to decide which parent do I want to see right now or who do I spend time with? So, and that bleeds over into all sorts, you know, if they're sick and they're at dad's house, I've gone over and crawled into bed with my daughter just to hold her for five minutes. Whether that was awkward for he and I or not, I didn't want them to feel like they were somehow missing out or having to choose. I do the same thing. I spent an obnoxious amount of time in my ex's house last night because my daughter ran into a sliding glass door and her nose was bleeding and all she wanted was mommy. And as much as him and I are at odds personally about everything and, you know, his frustration with me about ending the marriage, like we can, we have one child and we're both totally obsessed with her. And so we can, we meet each other on that level. A lot of times, you know, we are just on such opposite sides of the fence about things. And we're like, we both, I've noticed both of us are doing this now. We'll give it a few days. We'll just ignore the issue for a couple of days and then we'll come back and have a conversation when we're less heated. And we're like, okay, yeah, cool. She definitely needs to do X, Y, and Z because that's important for her. And it, doesn't mean we like each other. It doesn't mean right. you know we're going to go to lunch and talk about our favorite Netflix shows, but yeah. it just shows that time and experience and a little bit more maturity in this world of divorce and co-parenting can go a long way. For sure. Absolutely. Hey guys, Michelle here. I hope you are loving this episode as much as I am. We'll be back with more, but first a word from our sponsor. Divorce is never easy, and when children are in the picture, it can be extra tricky, especially when communicating with your ex is a challenge. Now there's an app with you and your kids in mind. It's called FAIR, F-A-Y-R. FAIR is the easiest, most intuitive, and conflict-diffusing co-parenting app on the market. FAIR helps eliminate misunderstandings while also improving communication between co-parents. In the long run, creating a loving environment for your kids. Here's what you can do on the FAIR app. There's a time-sharing calendar to track custody, exchange days, and never forget those special events, documentable text messaging, and an expense tracker so both parents can add and monitor expenses, track receipts, and add notes. GPS check-in, that's a court-verifiable way to document your presence at all GPS-verified locations. A monthly parenting report to download with your details. A private journal to take notes, add photos, and screenshots. A file vault to keep your records, photos, and documents organized and in one place. The opportunity to export all of your records into a convenient, time and date stamped PDF when you need documentation for legal matters. And there's a Spanish version of the app as well. FAIR allows you to experience co-parenting in a totally new way. Simply, inexpensively, transparently, and fairly. Lose the he said, she said, and be the best parent you can be. Be F-A-Y-R FAIR. Subscribe at BeFair.com, that's B-E-F-A-Y-R.com, and then download FAIR from the App Store or Google Play. Go to FAIR.com for more details. Don't forget to use the code MICHELLE to save 20% off the cost of the app. So you're, 
your bigs, did they get close with your second husband? And is there any relationship that they maintain there that you wanted to foster for them? Um, they, so we were married for four years um, and they were probably closer with his twin boys than him specifically. We, I think we, we blended, I hate that term of blending the family, but like, I think we brought our family together you know, well enough. He and I had just issues that couldn't, um, didn't leave room for us to have a whole lot of communication after we divorced. So it was a very clean, well, clean cut. There's no such thing as that, but it was very much, we drew a line in the sand and there was no communication from anybody after that. Um, so I think my girls have been fairly okay at, um, welcoming new people in at least initially with him because he was the first one, but now, you know, 20 years later, they are very reluctant to let people in. So I feel like that's kind of one of my lessons learned as well is just to kind of watch. Um, they're just pretty guarded with anybody at this point. So they didn't bond with my third husband um, because uh, of that. Yeah. Got it. Was, did, do you feel that added like strain and stress for you? Um, no, I felt like he was pretty understanding and he, you know, he knew my history and my experience. So he knew where they were coming from at least, you know, uh, surface level, he could get it. Um, they were older at that point. They were teenagers by the time he and I were having babies. So it was just a whole other like level of awkwardness for them. Right. So, Absolutely. Uh, listen, my mom yeah. remarried when I was in my twenties and I had no allegiance to my biological father. Um, it was my stepfather who had passed, who really, that really scarred me. And then my yeah. mom met he, her now husband. And in the beginning, I was in my twenties and I was like, what, like, who is this person? Why is he here? And, you yeah. know, you can replace the person we lost, but I sure can't because in your twenties, you're not forming this like daddy relationship. Ultimately he's now like my favorite person on the planet and I love the it. world's best grandfather for my child, but I can totally relate. But I think yeah. despite your relationship trajectory, you've made really wise decisions for your children, both sets. You're a strong woman that they can learn from. Where do you, where do you gain this, like pull this strength and resilience from? Cause it's pretty fascinating. Um, well, thank you for that. Um, I don't know that that, um, I receive all of that necessarily. Um, certainly trying to, um, from your kids, you mean, well, they're supposed to hate us, aren't they? No, I, yeah, well, yes. My son is definitely um, in that phase now where it is awkward and don't, don't touch me, kiss me, hold my hand when I'm in school. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, we're here again. Um, I don't know. I think my children have always given me a sense of purpose. So I had my daughter, my first daughter. Um, I actually got pregnant as a teenager in high school. So it was my senior year of high school. So I had her at 18. And so I always told people I'm 18 going on 40 because I very much felt like I was thrown into by choice, but full on adulthood because I was parenting. And she gave me such a purpose to everything I did at that point. Um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have the, the frivolous years where you're just thinking about yourself and the self-centered. I, I went straight into, I'm raising these children. What do I do that's um, in their best interest? How do I do right by them? Um, and I guess that's where my strength and resolve came from, other than the fact that my father is a very strong, masculine, 
um, face to the world. And so he illustrated for me in a lot of ways what strength and resilience is just coming from his experiences. Um, and while he and I did not get along well growing up and we've bonded as I'm an adult now, I would say that, you know, modeling his approach to things is probably where a lot of my strength came from as well. That's beautiful. I love that. And I love that you're sharing this. And also as you're talking, I'm looking at you and it really struck me who I think you look like. Who do people tell you you look like? Um, you know, I, I hear different things, but I'm curious to know what you think. Glennon Doyle. Oh, I have not. I, that is, that is such a compliment. She is beautiful. And the brightest little light. And you like remind me of her so much. And you have this like little tinge of sarcasm that is cutting right to my heart. And I really do enjoy (laughs) you. Yes. (laughs) Where are you located? Uh, Round Rock, Texas. So just, it's a suburb North of Austin. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad you were able to join us here. Can you tell us a little bit more about your course, um, your website, where everybody can find you? Yes. Yes. My website is shaunalee.com and Shauna is spelled like you will never see it anywhere else. A-U-N-N-A. And I create new online courses all the time. That's where you can go to find my book. Um, And I'm actually getting into the beginning stages of what I will write next. So um, if your folks want to go join my mailing list. I would love to have them join me and hear about all of the goodness I'm creating. I suggest you do do that, folks who are listening. Um, Get to know Shauna Lee, follow her, uh, take a glance at how she can help you because it definitely spans far beyond co-parenting. If you look through her book, there are different sections that can really help you in any time of your divorcing or post-divorce life. It's beautiful. Like I said, it it become like a fun coffee table piece, Um, especially if you're like a single mom and like redecorating. I have to, I'm going to hold it up. Not that our listeners can see it, but the the cover is a really pretty pink, black and white. And when I moved into my townhouse post-divorce with Bella, it was like girl power central. Like everything was like the theme of like pink and white and black. And it was like glam, but really girly and full of inspiring quotes. And this sort of fit perfectly on my coffee table. I love it. And I have loved getting to know you. Thank you. I'm hoping we can come together again when book number two comes out. I would love it. Yes, absolutely. We will keep in touch. Thank you, Shauna Lee. Have a great, great holiday season. All the best to you and your bigs and little. You do the same. Thank you. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen listening, don't forget to check out Shauna Lee. Also keep sending in your uh, questions and topic requests. I do meet those. I, I love hearing from you about what it is you'd like to learn about. So keep those coming, keep listening and keep moving on. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.